Hello and welcome to the first Open All R's of the season. Uh, I'm Chris Charles. I'm joined by two regulars, one newbie and one living legend. Um, so there's no sponsor or beer buyer for today. So instead, I thought I'd like to dedicate the podcast to the memory of Kyan Prince, who would have turned 30 this year and, and, and Lord knows what kind of a player he would have been now um, and should have been now. OK, so first up tonight is Italy's biggest fan, Paul Finney. He's even got Italy colours <laughs> on. That's not true. I was, I was, I was, I was, yes. Um, well, look, no one didn't make it. I'm a bitter Celt. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> now, Floyd Hughes was definitely supporting England. She even got a Raheem Sterling t-shirt. So, uh, uh, top, I believe. I did, yeah. I spent a fortune on it. Um, but unfortunately it couldn't, um, take us over, um, into glory, but it was, it was a good summer right up and probably until the, the final, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah, well, it's good. Well, Raheem was our player of the tournament and he's definitely one of our own. So we'll, we'll, we'll take that one. Um, so next is the younger, best, better looking version of David Fraser. Uh, welcome as a full-time <laughs> member, Charlie Wise. How are you doing, Charlie? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on in a more full-time role. And um, uh, the compliment's coming already. I, I thought it'd take a lot longer than that. <laughs> we just you look like, is, Charlie, what... you look like you're in the training ground. Where are you? You've got a very, like, kind of... toilet. <laughs> very training no, ground backdrop no I'm in the uh, the family office so um, uh, yeah you've got uh, an office uh, that's yeah. called a toilet in my house <laughs> carry on now a man who's also in his office last but definitely not least is the gaffer it's Mark Warburton hi Mark hey Chris how are you yes I'm very well thanks um, now I, I know you, you had a ticket for the final didn't you for the Euros great tournament but didn't quite end up the way we wanted no, I didn't. I'm sure if Flo was there as well, she would tell you for all the wrong reasons. The result, obviously, for all the fans, but the I saw a lot of stuff that night, Chris, that you never want to see at a football yeah. game. So it was it was shocking, embarrassing at times to be English. I never thought I'd say that. Oh, mate. Well, I, I, think, not, well, I don't think you should... Uh, to be fair, Margaret, as a neutral on these things, I know lots of England supporters and none of them are like that. I think that was day trippers, mate. I mean, and they're always going to ruin it. But it, it, unfortunately, Paul, it, it tarnishes the name. You know, UEFA and FIFA mm. and World Cups and they get in danger and things. Events that would be great for our countries to come to could, could well be well be put off now. So it was a great shame because it was a fantastic event, great final, great atmosphere at the start. But then some of the stuff you see, and I'm so if Flo was there, she'll tell you it was outrageous. So we move on from that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and from your point, I guess you were keeping a close eye on, on Lyndon Dykes, a hoping he wouldn't get injured. And uh, uh, I know you you weren't cheering him on when they played um, no, England, absolutely. but I guess every other <laughs> I was. Yeah. You were, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of. Um, I wanted him to do well, but then I thought I didn't, don't want him to do really well because uh, then, then there might be a few clubs knocking on the door. Had, had he had he scored in the six-one defeat to England, I would have enjoyed that very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Mark, he, he implied himself really well. I thought, to be honest with you, as that kind of the rule that he was doing for Scotland, it was yeah. excellent. He, was, he got more minutes, poor I think, than anyone, especially Lyndon, would have thought about. You know, he's established himself as Scotland's number nine with some good players around him. So he's done really well. You know, Mitro Wise continues. He's come back, and obviously Saturday he was impressive. Um, you know, we're looking tomorrow night again, working with Charlie and, and they're building a good relationship. So hopefully his progress continues. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that, that there's no better tonic really to get over the disappointment of the summer 
than to come and have Man United at home and thrash the pants off them. I mean, what, what a day that was. No, it was. And as I say, you always respect the bigger club for obvious reasons. You can get hurt in those games, Chris. We, we all know that. But we, we applied ourselves really well, after, especially after conceding after, what, two minutes, two and a half minutes. And you think, mm. you know, the, the crowd were in and great to have the supporters back. That gets deflated after two minutes. Great response from early equaliser. And then we looked really good. We looked really good. And then we created a lot of chances and we looked dangerous and deserved to, to win a game of football, which is, of course, we're further ahead in our preparation. And of course, they're missing, you know, the big key, key players. But it was a good performance against a really strong opponent. Yeah, well, they still had some decent, they still had £171 million worth of talent on Only. the pitch. Including... Only, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were, they were trying to make excuses saying, well, our average age is 21.9. And then somebody pointed out our average age was 22.3 or whatever it was. So, um, yeah. you know, when you think about the likes of the, the so-called lesser players, that's like Meng, Ted and Mengia, they go to Derby County in the Championship. You know, they're going to Championship level. Brandon Williams, I think, is going to the Premier League. And you, you look around it, Wan-Bissaka is a £50 million player. Then Lingard, then James, Welsh international, just back from the Euros. You know, Mason Greenwood, England international. These are big players. Heaton, you know, wealth of Premier League experience. These are these are good names, top-class players. So it was a great test for us, challenge-wise, and they responded really well. And not only that, the Brucey bonus of uh, having Stefan Johansson paraded at half-time, who for me was like the missing piece of the jigsaw for us this summer. Yeah, and it was. And I know I think we've, you know, many people ask about that, Chris, but a lot of work went into getting him. And it wasn't an easy one. And I think they're the type of transfers that could very easily fall by the wayside. Very, very easily. You know, many hiccups and hurdles to overcome. But, you know, Steph, Steph's desire to join QPR was evident throughout. Uh, and as I say, a lot of work went on behind the scenes. So that's it's a really big recruitment for us. Okay. I'm sure Paul's waiting to jump in, Paul. Well, I was just thinking about that because I would have been... It's funny enough, Charlie spoke to me on Saturday for YouTube and you should realise I've got a face for radio, not for flipping things with cameras. <laughs> but um, I, the squad, I thought, was strong. I thought Moses was excellent. I thought Willock looked like he could have played for Argentina. He was that good on Saturday. And I'm looking at I miss, I miss the assist. Did you see... Sorry, gentlemen. Did you see the, the assist for the actual... For yeah. um, Lyndon Dykes' goal? I missed it until I saw the highlight and I was just... Blown away. I couldn't believe I missed that in the actual, yeah. Breathtaking. Carry on, carry on. Another way. <laughs> and then you've got Johansson to come back. You've got a fully Ilias chair to, to, to get back in because I know Ilias takes a wee bit of time to adjust to things and get himself going. I'm a little bit excited, Mark. And one of the things that scared me on Saturday, I thought we'll go there, we'll get stuffed, they'll bring the expectations down. I came out thinking, bring on the championship, we've got it now. I mean, so God, <laughs> you were thinking, but one thing I did notice on Saturday, I don't know what you guys thought, Charlie and um, Flo and Chris, playing with a smile on their face again. It, they really enjoyed it. And this started last year, the second part of last year. It looked like they really enjoyed it, Mark. What, what's changed things? No, it's just uh, results. Winning games always changes things, Paul. They're, they're, they're competitive animals. In whatever line of work you're in, you want to win at what you do. Uh, and obviously, we had a strong second half of the season. Everyone's telling me we were third in the table in the second half. But we had to continue that. You know, that was really important. But I think I think the fact we kept the squad together was a, made a big statement. We didn't sell any of the young stars. There's a first big statement. Then to, to sign all the lone players and then Steph at the end. But we look, you know, we look strong, which is good. And they're enjoying it. They know that we can go toe-to-toe. -to -toe, but what we have to be better at is think of the first half last season, getting our rewards, as we say. Put the ball in the back of the net. You know, you think of Saturday. This sounds really bad against Man United, but... At 4-1, 4-2, we've missed two or three golden chances. 
and they're the ones that you've got to take advantage of, you know, certainly the championship. So there'll be some tough games, and but the expectation's high. We've got to be better than last year, Paul. If we can be better than last year, we'll be right in the mix. We were two points off seventh. We dropped a lot of silly points. So that's our target, is to improve our finish, our points total, our goal difference, etc. If we can do that, then let's see where we end up come, come May. Just, just from that pre-season friendly, how much can you sort of take from that? Because obviously the fans are absolutely buzzing with that performance and as well the result, like say, against like a Man United side that was worth a lot of money. How much can you take that from yourself as the manager? Is it just purely fitness levels or do you start to take a little bit of like ta- tactical application of, of how much the players are soaking that up? Or, or is it purely just pre-season game and we sort of draw a line from that? How, what do you take from that? So we, we set the boys three targets. So obviously, it's the first of three big games leading into Millwall. So we set three targets. We spoke about being ruthless. We've got good physicality now. You know, Geordie back, Jimmy Dunn at 6'4", 6'5", as well. These boys, Sam McCallum, very strong in the air, plus the boys we had. So we spoke about being ruthless. We spoke about an intensity to our play, and that's with and without the ball. So straight from the kickoff, you know, Moses snapping into a tackle, winning it, playing forward, winning our headers, all the basic stuff. And then we spoke about being brave being brave to get on the ball and, and adopt good positions. I think I think the supporters saw that. We certainly saw that and enjoyed that. And Lee Wallace spoke well at half-time about they had applied themselves and, and, and ticked all of those three boxes. So from a coaching point of view, really happy. You look at the patterns of play, Charlie, that we do every day mm. to try and you know introduce and establish and develop them. And they did that. And we got some really good areas. We worked hard to get the wing-backs wide into good areas. We got Lee Wallace down the left-hand side. Sam stepped in and you saw how good he can be. Moses gives us the outlet of pace. Since Bright went, we probably lost that, that sheer beauty of pace. And Moses has, has that in abundance. So, you know, we look good. So it was a really pleasing performance. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, there's loads more we could do. But we've got to make sure we continue that now because Mir will be a different animal come August the 7th. Definitely. Definitely. Hello? I was just going to say, I mean, we normally have busy summers, um, probably for the wrong reasons, but it's been a really busy some of in a really positive way and we've actually done kind of the most deals of, of a lot of the championship clubs so who do you think I mean not to get too kind of overexcited but who do you think are kind of our biggest rivals in terms of maybe being in and around playoffs or, or much higher up the table than in maybe previous seasons I think any industry flow you look at the budgets don't you I don't sound boring but you look at the teams that come down and they will have budgets that will dwarf QPR's budget. I'd imagine now we're going to be 13th, 14th, 15th in there somewhere in terms of budget. You look at the bigger, you look at the likes of Blackburn who spend, you look at Forest, you look at Middlesbrough, Swansea obviously missed out on the playoffs. I'm not sure where they're going to be in terms of, you know, do players leave, Grimes potentially going, IU, etc. But there's a lot of really good teams. And also there's always one that comes out, the pack flow, as we always know, that comes out and surprises us. So we've got to be really mindful of that as well. So there's no doubt the league is so strong. If I've missed anyone out, there's no lack of respect for clubs. I think all we can concentrate on is QPR. That's all we've got to do. One game at a time, same old boring rhetoric, but don't look too far ahead. Don't worry about our opponents. I don't think we should fear anyone. And I think what we have to do, if I'm being honest, is we've got to get our media message. And I'll say it's very right. Uh, we've got to be seen as a dangerous animal to play. You know, if you think of last year, Brentford, the rivals, people would say, and then they've got Brentford to play. Oh, my God. As if to say they fear Brentford. We've got to get QP on that position. That teams play us, and then know they're in for a tough afternoon, hopefully. I'm saying that in a very respectful way. But that, that win against United has probably done that as well, because, you know, obviously, it's a pre-season friendly, and 
in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that much in the whole season because it doesn't, doesn't count for any points. But if you beat Man U, people are going to be talking about it. I mean, p- t- certainly on social media, people were talking a lot about it on Saturday night. And that was mainly, I think, people laughing at, at Man United in some ways. But, I mean, that's no discredit to us. I mean, we beat, like we said, a, a very kind of worthy team of, of some big stars. So I'm sure lots of people saw that result and thought, you know, Rangers might be building on on last season but what was the player reaction to that in the dressing room for the younger players did it feel like a, a big scalp or was it very much like heads down it means nothing no they, they, they recognize what it meant Flo there's no doubt about that I've never had so many calls after the game for a long long while now so they, they recognize it they saw the result then the next thing they do is look at the Man United team then you get that whoa hang on a second they're strong you know, so I've never had that reaction. The players are well aware. When you go out in those games, you can get hurt. Have no doubt. If those teams really turn it on, they can hurt you. Look at Greenwood and Lingard and James and Pereira. These types of players can undoubtedly cause you problems because they realise that the regal afternoons work. And I think the young ones, especially that's of Andre Dezel joined us and all this, all this talk about strong finish last year, what we're going to do next year. They saw that we can be good. They saw that we can go toe-to-toe with some very good players. So I think that gave him a lot of confidence, but it can't be it can't be short-lived confidence, Flo. It can't be that one where everyone's optimistic, sunshine, and pitches are green. You lose your first couple of games, and all oh, the world's going to end. It can't be. It's got to be strong, consistent belief. I think Steph spoke really well. Stephanie Hansen, when he signed and spoke about mindset, that's what it is: having that belief of where we can go if we all apply ourselves well. Um, you just mentioned there we're probably thirteenth, fourteenth in terms of in terms of budget, money spent on players. But we have bought quite a lot in. And as you said, um, I mean, just as important, we've kept the likes of Dieng and Dickey, who I did think, you know, there might be a chance uh, they'd go. Um, I know we I haven't curse it yet. The window's not over yet. No cursing. Yeah. <laughs> I know we haven't spent bundles, but has, has the strategy changed? And we've, we've had the right strategy for several years of like penny pinching and, you know, bringing on the young players. Has the strategy changed a little bit? Are the, are the, are the directors pu- pushing us to finish like in the playoffs this season? No, it's important. I think any any business, Chris, we've got we've got to be seen in making progress. So you know, the first year where, where we came in the table in terms of thirteenth, and then you're looking at now ninth and a couple of points off seventh. Anyone will tell you we've now got to improve on that. That for our supporters to see progress being made, I, think, I can't sit here and say let's finish twelfth and we've had a good year because no support would be happy with that now. So we've got to recognise that, and it's not a, an unrealistic expectation. I think if we came back to you and said well, we've got to be playing a bit better than ninth, two points off seventh. You're going to say, get in the playoffs. And that's got to be our aim. 20, 22 other clubs will say the same thing. We've got to set ourselves a target of getting into the playoffs. That's That's got to be a realistic target for us. We know what's involved. We know the danger of this division. We know the demands. But we've got a good squad and we kept it together. So I'd be foolish to sit in front of you and say anything less than that. That's got to be a really strong aim for us. And once you're in those playoffs, then you just take your chance. Simple as that. What I mean is um, the great that the board has backed you. The great that this board has backed you to do that in 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 making the loan players permanent, bringing in a, bringing in a couple of other boys, our existing players. Yeah, and I think you sent a statement out to the supporters as well because, as you say, we could have lost a Senny or Chris or Elias, you know, Rob Dickey, one of these guys, very very easily. We didn't. They've all they've all stayed and and they wanted to stay. Um, and as I say, we've added the loan players. I mean, there's been some, and also the business that was done early which really helps us in terms of, you know, pre-season training and whatever else. Steph knows us inside out. If he's the last one coming in, he knows how we play. He knows how the club operates. So that wasn't a concern. 
So no, getting that done early, getting the players training. We've worked really hard for four, four and a half weeks, you know, and that result showed or that performance showed on Saturday. Now we've got to make sure the next two weeks are maximised, Chris, and hopefully we can start strongly. Well, the weird, the weird thing is, I'll be honest with you, Mark. I've watched QPR. I'm 51 now for over 30 odd years in London since I moved here, and I prefer these sort of squads. You know, we were in the Premiership, but you don't. We went there, and we signed what I would call mercenaries. It's probably I'm not being disrespectful, but that's what it seemed to as the fans. They came for the, and they they took the money, and they didn't give a lot. Some would say they were still in the living. I'll leave that up to question. This squad, I prefer. I prefer these sort of younger players. More hungry players, people like Johansson and and Austin as well to bring them through. It's it's the camaraderie is just amazing, I think, with this squad. And and that to me says more than anything. You don't need to splash the cash, do you? You just need to get the right blend. Yeah, and it's all right characters, Paul. You know, and you you always hear the same, managers and coaches repeat themselves, and I'm sure people get bored of pants of hearing the same lines. But the fact is, one bad apple kills the dressing room. It really does in any business. So we can't afford that. So you look at the four senior pros, Steph, Chaz, Lee and Albert, top quality, all of them top quality on and off the pitch, the way they talk and, and help the young players. And then you look at the young ones coming through and they're hungry together. When we score a goal, everyone's there together. Senny comes running out and jumps on the back of Geordie and everyone's in it together. So it hurts them to lose. And that's what I want. I don't want someone who accepts defeat or a goal goes in and it's okay. No, it can't. It's got to hurt us. The second goal was easily avoidable on Saturday. We had men behind the ball, didn't get out and block it. It hurts to concede that goal. If we had that mentality, Paul, we'd be all right. If we don't, we pay the price. No, I agree. We're, we're, in, like we're a... in a strange limbo at the moment, Mark, with, with COVID. I know the fans have it back on Saturday was just brilliant. And I had so many friends that came down to Loftus Road for the first time and just said the atmosphere was incredible. Um, when it comes to vaccinations, I know in Germany there's already been a you know some talk of of issues there with with COVID outbreaks and players who aren't vaccinated basically being isolated from the squad, etc. So what's the latest with with our squad and and is there any pressure from the likes of the PFA to ensure that players are are getting double jabbed or, or like what kind of role do we play at the end of the day? This is a this is a really deep question, Flo. Uh, I'll answer it as best I'm, I'm allowed to answer it. I think the PFA's first statement was a little bit misquoted. They, they are very much for the vaccination programme, but we, there's no mandatory rule that you can force a player, as it currently stands, to have it. You can't force a player to take the knee. You can't force a player to have the flu jab. You know, not belittling any aspect in any shape or form, but you can't force upon them as it currently stands. Now, if it turns around and becomes an employment law that individual clubs can do that, I'm sure owners and that will be very keen to do so. But we have to respect people's opinions flow. You know, I can I understand someone not having a jab? Absolutely not. I'm bemused by it. You know, people I, I respect enormously, some of them will not have it. Uh, and I can't for the life of me. You know, it really bothers me that I can't understand that train of thinking. But we have to respect it. You know, I'm not sure what your train of thought is, but why would you not have it? But, I, you know, as I say, we have to respect that fact. I think... Pressure will grow. I think. Uh, I think that whether it's a court case, whether it's you know someone takes it forward and tries to really push in that mandatory side of it, I don't know. But right now, it's not mandatory. I'd like to think every player recognises um, what they need to do. Um, but right now, there's a lot of players and staff at many many clubs flow who are not vaccinated. Do you think? Do you, do you foresee it it being an issue come the start of the season? 
what because obviously around us cases are still I think I think they're dropping but you know it's hard to know whether that's what's that down to basically but you're right I mean, look at we lost our Gillingham game right then you read that Arsenal cancel their trip on the morning departure with, with positive outbreak cases then you look at other games you know Swansea being cancelled against Bristol City at the weekend at late notice there's outbreaks everywhere I think if there's a tranche of games that are cancelled in the Championship and League One, that might be the catalyst for a stronger move forward. We don't want it to come to that, obviously, you know. But uh, if it if it were to happen, Flo, we have got space in the calendar compared to last year that we could fit into more games. And it might well be, as I say, that the, the catalyst that gets reform in place or gets mandatory reform in place. I'm all I'm all for the vaccination program. I've been double jabbed. My family have. My son had COVID. I mentioned it before. I was amazed, Flo. I was really amazed that he was very much, no, nah, I don't need to take it. He runs every day, you know, really fit, really, really fit. And he had it. Was He's never felt as rough in his life. When I saw him two weeks later, float, I could not believe it. You know, how much weight he'd lost, gone. He looked really pale. He said, I'm much better now. I'm thinking, wow, if one of our players or staff member gets that in our bubble, so to speak, we're in real trouble. We're in real trouble. So I hope very much, Flo, that we get moves in the right direction. I think, no, it's going to be a really messy affair, if I'm honest. Charlie? It's tricky. Sorry, sorry, I was just going to say, sorry, Chris and Mark. It's so difficult to be put in that position, though, because I, I always, like you, and I'm sure everyone will say the same thing, we all respect people's opinions, but it's like with the fans, you know, we've just got back in again. We could end up being locked out again because there's no lockdown. And the same thing happens to the team. It's such a weird scenario to be put into. I... Honestly, don't know how to call it, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully the PFA will help everyone and everyone works together. And we get through this. Yeah, we have to. We have to, Paul, because as you say, the fans being back in. I think maybe you can tell me I'm wrong here. Take this the right way. I was surprised there were quite a lot of empty seats on Saturday, but I think mm. what that, I think what that highlighted was there's still a real nervousness and trepidation about coming back in. I think many genuine yeah. PPR supporters and Man U supporters were very nervous about packed stadium. Maybe I'm wrong, you tell me otherwise, but... No, I think mental health-wise, Mark, you're bang on. People I have think, gone either, one way or the other. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've got to get over that hurdle. We want the supporters back in. We want the packed stadiums. Um, but when I looked at that, and I thought QPR menu, we haven't been in QPR support for so many months. One of the biggest clubs in the world comes to town, and we still haven't, there's still empty seats there. That tells you that that, that nervousness about COVID is still very evident. So uh, we've got to try and get over it somehow. Flo's question was, was dead on, what do we do? but I think there's a lot of messy stuff ahead to, to really get where we need to get to. I just want to come back to sort of the um, talk about sort of the camaraderie in the squad and sort of um, one sort of impact that I think, you know, we talked about the transfers, but for me, I think it's quite an important part with the sort of recent speculation with John Eustace, our assistant manager, being talked and rumoured uh, to be going to Swansea as their full-time manager. How big, how big is that for the club that he's decided to stay with the R's? And what, what sort of impact does he have day-to-day on, on the players and around the training yeah. ground? Well, firstly, as you say, it makes a big statement about what's going on at the club, you know, uh, and also John's obvious skill and quality uh, as a coach, ex-player. Ex- and, and I have no doubt, no doubt at all, Charlie, that he will be a top-class manager. I have no doubt at all. You see many people who are excellent coaches alone, but not managers. You can look around, go back over years and years, as people who are outstanding number twos, etc. But I have no doubt where John's going to go. But right now, you know, the timing was wrong for John, and uh, he's, he's brought fully into the project. He can see the quality of the squad. He can see the work that's going on. He can see his own career developing. And that was a big, big call. You know, what an opportunity for, for any young 
young aspiring manager. But as I say, John made that call and it, it, it speaks volumes for about him and about, you know, about the club QPR. But it was a big statement. There's yeah. no doubt. We had a chat with players today. It was a really big statement. But have no doubt, you know, John, John has got so many qualities and he will be an outstanding, I think, Premier League manager in the years ahead. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. I honestly think he's going to be very, very good indeed. I mean, that's really refreshing to hear, especially from a QPR fans' perspective. Just one quickly, I want to get involved. I know Chris wants to come in. Um, this is one I was quite very intrigued with um, come the start of the season, sort of the transfer business going on. The decision to loan out Macaulay Bond um, and sort of keep in Charlie Kelman, personally, from, from my perspective, obviously, I'm not the manager. I don't see him each day, day in, day out of the training ground. But I sort of maybe thought it'd be better to loan out Charlie Kelman, get him some more first-team experience, because I think he'd probably benefit more than that, than being QPR's probably third striker, as we see it with Charlie Austin in the Dykes. Do you really see Charlie Kelman as someone who can come in this season and make an impact, you know, maybe possibly behind those two? I think from our point of view, Charlie, we look at it and go, well, Mac is probably further down development curve than Charlie Kelman. Mm. He's, he's older, played in the championship, scored goals, etc. He wanted to play week in, week out, which is great. You want that from all your players. But being brutally honest, he had to be better than Lyndon Dykes and Charlie Austin, Chrissy Willock. That, that's how it works. You know, Sam McCullum comes in, played 41 games for Coventry. He knows he's got to be better than Lee Wallace. And, and he, he's thriving in that competition, so is Lee. But Macca wanted to play. So when the opportunity came up, you know, we've invested in McCauley. So our asset can go, hopefully score goals at Ipswich in League One and see the value of your asset improve, come back to us a better player. In the meantime, Charlie gets opportunity, as you rightly say. Now, if we do move one, for one more player by chance, that might be the, the, the key for Charlie to go out and get some game time, potentially. If right. not, he stays in that B team. The B team is not this reserve team that's miles below the first team. The B team has to play really competitive games where the likes of the boys are not playing. You know, so if, for example, uh, Lee played and Sam didn't, he goes and plays a highly competitive game and he's ready when called upon. Mm. And, and that's where we have to get to, Charlie. So that was the thinking behind it. And I was very comfortable with that, with that loan move. So is that a little inkling then we're maybe looking at another another striker or is all transfer dealings done then? Can we get an exclusive on it? <laughs> I, I, said, I said to Lee the other day, you know, managers, when a manager stops asking for things, you know, you're in trouble. So we're always going to push and ask. But the owners, as, as one of the guys said earlier, have supported us. Absolutely. Yeah. The owners have supported us. Chris said it. And um, we've got to respect that fact completely. So, you know, we'll always keep pushing. It's something that if a player becomes available, we always highlight it, push it, look how good he is, look what he does, look what he brings. Okay. <laughs> this type of thing. But at the end of the day, if budget's not available, then we can't do it. No, Simple. that's fine. Mark, I know you've got to, I know you've got to go soon, but I, I just... See what I've got here, Chris. I've got a phone call set. I've got five minutes. I've got till, till 19.35, if that's all right. Okay. Sorry, well, I really arranged. Okay, we'll do a bit of speed questioning. And then I just wanted to quickly ask um, what uh, the update is with Moses, because I know he was a, a trialist. In fact, my daughter said, it looked at the program, said, what does T mean, Dad? Um, and it took me a uh, while, and I... I worked out. Um, I mean, on the basis of his performance the other day, I think most fans would be happy to see him here next, uh, next season. I think I think he's a player, without tempting fate, Chris, I think he's a player that will have all the QPR supporters off their seats on several occasions. He's got pace, quality. We signed him for a million pounds before uh, at a certain West London club and he moved to the Premier League and uh, apart from injury, he would have gone again. You know, there's a big interest in him to go, a big multi-million pound move. So he's a class act. Suffered with injury. He showed his fitness now. So I hope very much, Chris, he's nearly done. We, you know, it'll be done this week and um, he'll have a big season to play for QPR. That's a great addition, mate. And just quickly from me before I go, um, 
Sam Field, obviously that's horrible news at the start of the season. Just here, just the update on him and our other injuries when, when, we, when we're likely to see them back. Yeah, a doctor will always come out and give proper updates to Chris, but he had the operation on Saturday. Um, same surgeon out of my knee, actually, so I know he's very, very good. Um, the surgeon's pleased with the outcome. His rehab starts now. We're looking at three to four months to get him back. But he's one of those, I could, my non-medical, I compared the doctor, a bit like when you dislocate your shoulder and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you say, it's okay, but it's always more and more lax. Sooner or later, you have to have the surgery. And that was the situation with Sam. So first surgery he's ever had. He's a top kid, big blow because he was looking so good in pre-season. But these things happen. So, you know, yin and yang, we lose Sam, we gain Steph. But uh, I hope very much he'll come back. I know he'll come back fitter and stronger than ever. Um, my question, my last question, Mark, you're pleased to know you don't have to put my stupid accent any longer. <laughs> what message have you got for the fans this season and what role can we play to help the team? I think the role is, I'm always being told that it's a tough crowd, Paul. That's what I'm told. I'm told by people mm. around the club that it's a really tough crowd. They're very fickle. Show me a football support oh. that's not fickle. They, they all support their club and they, you know, the, the home games come once every 10 or 14 days. So they want to enjoy following their team. I think for me, the backing, don't underestimate. I think as Flo said on Saturday, when that goal, the goals are going in third and fourth goals, atmosphere is unbelievable. The young boys said, what a noise. So if we can get that noise more, now we have to earn that noise. I get that, Paul, but I wouldn't underestimate the role they can play because there's going to be games which are tight. There's going to be games where it might be one down at half time. But the role they can play is huge. So I hope we've, we've got to earn it. We've got to play the football that they enjoy and they are following QPR. But don't underestimate, please, the impact you can have. Oh, just re- really quickly, do you feel um, pressure this season? Because I feel like in previous seasons, maybe expectations have been pretty low and our transfer policy has been a bit more like, let's see what we can get through loan deals. But actually, like we've mentioned, you've been backed. You've almost got your first pick choices and expectations are obviously higher. And you've always already talked about playoffs in, in this podcast. So are you feeling as a manager, a bit more pressure now this season? No, I think every, every manager, every coach feels pressure. Otherwise you wouldn't be in the job. I, I don't say that in, a, in an arrogant or cast off manner, not at all, but I know that, it sounds really corny. When you have supporters, Paul just mentioned supporters flow. Every time you come out and you put the shirt on, they want their team to win. So as managers and coaches and staff, you have a responsibility for that. I know I sound like a really old man saying this, but I don't mean to, because the fact of the matter is, when we lose a game of football, you haven't just lost a game of football in that dressing room. Every supporter of the club has lost a game of football. And away from home flow, you know, however many hundreds of fans go and follow the team, They've had, a, they've had a tough day out. So we've got to recognise that. So do I feel pressure? Yeah, I do. But I love it. I don't mean that again. You have to enjoy it, Flo. Otherwise, don't do it. You know, don't do it. I think if I can give one example, we had an old firm game at Parkhead and Brendan's going to be here on Saturday, funny enough. And Brendan came out and said it was, he's never done anything like it. And I thought to myself, if you can't enjoy those moments in football, there's no, there's no better, bigger pressure, flow than that particular game. Let me tell you, in front of, uh, away in front of 65,000 green shirts, that was the most I've ever faced. But you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, don't be in the game. Simple as that. So I hope very much you enjoy the pressure. I hope the players sense it and can respond to it. And I hope the fans enjoy it. Right, Mark, you've got two minutes to your phone call. So I'm um, going to wrap it up now. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to join us. No. Um, and I know I speak for everyone where it was just such a rush to be back last Saturday. And I'm sure it was for you and the players too. And... 
I, to be honest, I, I was thinking if we could score one goal, I'd be happy with that. That was my expectation going in. We lose, you know, three or four, one. I'll take that. I'll take it on the chin. We move on. But yeah, I, I mean, just dreamland really. So, and I know it's a friendly, but it's only a friendly when you haven't just beaten Man United. Then, then it's not a friendly anymore. Man, Man United came into town. The Man United machine rolled into town, Chris, and the boys responded and the fans loved it, which is great. But, you know, it's all about now the league campaign. But I'm sorry to cut off short. Chris, I'll come on any time. Any time I have a chat, let me know. It'd be a pleasure to come on. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark. Thanks, Thanks, Mark. Mark. Good luck, Charlie. Thank, Thank you. you. Good luck. Cheers, pal. Right. What a top, what a top man. As always. I think, I think, Charlie, I think in answer to your question, if, if Kilman doesn't work out, I'm still available. Nope. <laughs> you know, is it a joke, Chris? Don't worry. You don't need okay. to get the joke. I'll tell you what, he's he's very realistic. He's very Certainly, the, the Mark Wilberton we had on last season, the, the, he seems. I don't know what do you think, Flo? Do you think he seemed a lot more upbeat, a lot more happy, a lot more positive? Or I that think just it's just, I, I think it's just weird because we're not used to it, but it's been a really good summer for QPR <laughs> and it's been a really positive group. And obviously, he you can sense that with him. He's really positive. He's feeling really good about this season. The expectations are high, everyone's got a smile on their face. Um, coming off the back of a preseason win against Man United, I mean, it's unreal, really. I don't think many of us could have really um, thought this was going to be the case, especially off the back of a really good end to the season. So it almost is like I can't really get my head around it because you're so used to just crap preseasons where yeah. half the squad leaves and you're getting to know new names on the team sheet again. But he's pretty much got everything he wanted, and everything the fans wanted has pretty much come through and more. Um, so, you know, there's been a couple of random signings, but I think you always need those kind of squad players in and around the group, especially as we've already lost Sam Field and we haven't even started the season yet. And I think even though, like you said, it's not going to be as an, an, as an intense, condensed period, we're still going to have the, those kind of midweek games and then cup games. And it's still a hectic period. So I think we're still going to need those random odd squad players, but I don't know if we'll get playoffs, but I'm certainly feeling optimistic that we're going to push on again. Yeah, I think, you know, to answer your question, Paul, I think Mark was upbeat the last time we spoke to him, which was like a wrap-up at the end of the season. But then I think that was I think that was the springboard for this season, really, because we sort of, we've hit the ground running. But as he said, we've sort of carried on from where we left, left off. And again, what we're used to seeing is like players on the beach get to 52 points and everyone's uh, everyone switches off. But what was so great about last season, even when we knew we wouldn't get in the playoffs. No one took their foot off the gas. And and that's why we had that great run of, you know, the, the third best run, third best placed championship club from, from January onwards. Um, and it also helps that four or five of our new signings, uh, uh, like you said, just are already, they were here last season. They're on loan. It's not very often you manage to, all the boys that are on loan, you managed to sign them all. I thought that was incredible. And equally keeping hold, of Dieng and Dickey and some of the others. I sort of thought the way it would work is we sign Charlie Austin and Stephanie Hansen, but then we have then we have to get rid of Dieng or Dickey or one of the other guys. So yeah, I'm I'm blown away. But being a QPR fan, I'm just waiting for the butt, really, I think. Um, oh, that'll be Orient's. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, I think me, I said, yeah, I said um come the like sort of the latter stages of last season, I said if we if we may sorry, if we managed to keep hold of those four low knees. 
we'll get in the playoffs. And now it's kind of all four have happened. I'm kind of sitting here going, I mean, I, I sort of do believe that now. I, I sort of do back us. I think we've got a good chance getting in the playoffs. I think for me, this, this sort of awe around the club at the moment is, is it's almost like contagious. I mean, pardon the, the sort of probably the wrong choice of word in the current climate, but the sort of the three things for me that are, are sort of really sort of stand out to me is the squad depth we have at the moment is unlike any season for a good few years now. I think even last season, I think the big thing that let us down was our, was our full-backs. This year we've got Kakai and um, sorry, and hopefully Ojibajo on the right and then uh, Wallace who was really good last season and as well McCallum. I think they're just going to be influential for us. Really good options in midfield now. Really good options at the back as well. Um, but as well, the self-belief. I think last season, a lot of sort of inexperienced players at this level this year, we've kept a lot of that squad. The nucleus has kept the same. Normally, like, like you mentioned, I think Flo mentioned, we, you know, we, we get these lone players and we start again the next season and we start again. We lose them and we rebuild. This season, there's continuity is what we haven't had in a few years. And as well, this year, we've got goal scorers. I back Lennon Dykes to get goals this year and I back Charlie Austin, of course, to get goals. I think that's another reason last few years we've, we've come short. We've created chances, but... You know, I could, I could name my last 10 strikers and the reasons why we've probably been a bit mediocre in the championship. So for me, I think, you know, we'll, we'll score goals. I think there's self-belief there. And I think when, you know, you want to push on, you need squad depth throughout that season because you will pick up injuries. And um, I, that's why I think we'll do well this year. Yeah. Well, what, is, what is everyone else's? <laughs> Charlie's going playoffs. Chris yeah. and, and, and Finney, what yeah, are your predictions? Yeah, that. A season predictions. Like, like places. I mean, normally we're saying, I think last season I said, um, you know, I'll take 19th or... or yeah, 19th. I think I said something like 18th or something like that. Yeah. I had very low expectations. Yeah, and to be honest, if we'd, if we'd have done that, then I'd, and, you know, we had this... We were looking at the season, I thought I would, would probably have taken that. But, I mean, as, as, as he said, you can't, <laughs> you've got to go for the playoffs, really. Um, um, even to pin me down to prediction, I would say, yeah, the thing that could derail us or, or, or knock us slightly is injuries. We were quite lucky with Charlie, particularly last season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll I'll, um, I'll stick my neck out and go fourth. I think. Oh, love <laughs> it, Finney. Jesus Christ, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Do you know what? Isn't it just nice to be doing? Everyone's this? just still high on a Man United win, basically. <laughs> well, that's it's just thing, carrying yeah. you through. When we get well, top tomorrow night, it will be yeah, mid-table. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I did remind a Man United fan on the tube that you know I, I was there when Andy Gray scored two against him, and he thought I meant the one that played for Everton, and when yeah. um, Dennis Bailey scored a hat trick, and that just made his mind go blank. So there you go. Um, no, I think. We, we we can do, if you look at the squad and even Batash and stuff like that though I'm I'm, I'm excited Batash, about him um, and it is sure and they must be looking at it and, the, and everyone's got competition and it, I think that's the best thing you can have with any squad is competition yeah, that, that's definitely the difference it, it, you're right because we've oh. had seasons where people just would walk in and know that they're on the team sheet and they've been they never had to look over their shoulder whereas having so much competition now just breeds kind of high level just yeah people just playing to their best ability in training and actually fighting for a place rather than just like strolling in it whatever 10 past whatever time they need to be in and not turn exactly and Jordy looks immense at the back I mean I've, you know I, I was trying to think of someone I mean like Bob here's used to look massive to me and stuff and he's like, but he's massive but he's also quite good with his feet as well you know in some ways he could kick with his left and his right in equal measures I think that's really now but the whole defence that he's right about the height everything we've sort of started last season we looked at and we thought you know what we could do with this it's been addressed and I think now if we do feel it will be a QPR failure or spectacular 
beat Man United, start the season brilliantly, and it all goes Persia. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we'll do really well. I will. And there's no one to fear from the Premiership that's come down. There's no one to fear from League One that's come up. It's one of them ones where you just look at your own side and concentrate and focus on what we can do and not worry about anyone else. So I, I'm going first or second, and anything else Bloody is hell. just... Bloody hell, what? No, come on. Anything else is just wrong, and it proves that God hates me. Right. Wow. Right. Well, I didn't right. see that coming either. I definitely didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, why not? Wait, do you know what? It's just nice not to be thinking 19, 16 for being me. Last year, Charlie, I, I know you listened to it last year. Why not? We were all sitting there going 19, but 16 for being amazing. Do you know what I mean? It'd be, that'd be, that'd that'd be that. the same for me, yeah. And now you're thinking, do you know what? Go for it. Believe in the dream. Just believe in the dream. I think we're going to start. I think we're going to start the season well. And then I think we're going to have a kind of tough winter period over Christmas and then I think we're going to end up maybe just missing out on the playoffs literally finishing like seventh or something because we managed to push ourselves back into it in the second half of the season but end up just missing out but then season after this coming season that's when we get into the playoffs but I think that's a good you know if you think about your football manager chart that's a good kind of successful steady climb yeah I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, but, but I, 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 again, this time last season saying um, uh, that I wouldn't take seventh place. But, <laughs> but I want to be first or second. It's nice. I prefer that. Oh, I think we all want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd but but, but Finney, do you think, I mean, obviously, if we did get promoted, this team would change. But do you really think the club is ready to go in, back into the Oh, no, I didn't that say That would I'd be take, my only question. I didn't say I'd take is it ever the place. It, I didn't say I'd take my place in the Premier League. I mean, I saw the half and half scores against Saturday and I thought, oh, fuck that for the Emma Soldiers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, I think, yeah. for, listen, in football, you've got to grab what you take, you're given. You've got to grab that moment. You've got to do the yeah. best you can. Whereas before we went in and it was kids in the sweet shop, the owners got carried away. They got their pants pulled down, which I'm sure they'll admit themselves. And I don't think that's going to happen this time. But it can happen again. And that would be foolish beyond belief. So I think, just keep it real. And I think that the team is better prepared off the pitch than it ever has been if we did go up. But do you know what? I don't. I just want a good season. I want, as Mark says, the most important thing is people don't want to play as they get. I think for too many years we were a soft touch. And it'd be and, nice. And, that, and also a good home record. A yes. good home record. Because, and a decent cup run. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really oh, what all the fans want and deserve after being locked out for pretty much a whole year um, and a half. Um, I think... I think we need that and it's something we've craved for a while now. So I think fans would be happy with that. A decent home record, a strong finish and flirt with the playoffs and keep this squad together for the entire season, I think is 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 more than what well, you know we can ask for. Did anyone find it weird? Sorry, did anyone find it weird when somebody said to Mark that our fans are fickle? Because I mean I know all football fans are fickle, we we have a problem sometimes, but I think when the squad plays well and the team tries. We're quite good. We are quite forgiving. No, I, get a... I think what it is, I think it's what he said before. I think that... Um, Not that he said it, he said other people around him have said it. Yeah, but I, I also think that because Loftus Road is the way it is, it's so compact that you can, the players can like hear, it might only be three or four people saying it, but you can hear the negativity coming through. Okay. I think that's where Especially might... when it comes to like goalkeeping, that, that oh, God, seeps, no. that yeah, seeps yeah. into the players yeah. fairly quickly. So I can imagine stuff like that you do yeah. you do get. But in terms of in general, I think you know, football fans are football fans, like you said, Finney, like they're always fickle creatures. Um 
Exactly. I want to win the league. I want to win the FA Cup. I don't want to get into Europe. I don't see anything wrong with that in the championship. It's fairly reasonable. I mean, it'd be hard to pick a De Angler, wouldn't you? I mean, a two-footed goalkeeper is pretty unique, the way he can just pass the ball out. I don't know. Maybe I've just been too... Maybe I was just so happy to be back. I mean, that was the other thing on Saturday. It was so... It was almost an emotional roller coaster of coming back in the ground and seeing it for the first time. And, you know, lo- luckily Loftus Road doesn't change that much throughout the, the years. And it's just, it was just beautiful to be back. And that was more important to me than the result. It's just being back, seeing the same old faces, having we yarn, seeing everyone smiling. But I loved being back more than anything. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I saw people, well, literally not seen for 16 months because the two games when we did play, we, we actually had COVID at the time, so we couldn't go. So this was my first time back since. March last year and it was yeah it was just yeah just the whole thing that I mean, it's obviously you know as soon as you get there it's it's, it's familiar as you know as, as your own Dave house Thomas today. still a kick yeah. up the arse Dave Thomas yeah I yeah. just heard kick up the arse brand new <laughs> and you know you're home but yeah we're back um, I, I missed Moses's goal queuing for a bloody burger though would you believe so, oh. <laughs> I would believe Chris because I've known you a very long time yeah, that's the first I missed I missed Eze's goal at Stoke because I was yapping away as usual. So oh, no. yeah, trying to get another point, I think. Anyway, so but just picking up before we come to Charlie, Char, um, picking up on what Flo said about not being ready. I don't know what clubs are ready though in the Championship. I mean, you could argue maybe the, the three that are coming down, but then I don't think they are, Chris. I think yeah, but I was just gonna say, but then they've all had troubled seasons. They've got to regroup. They've, you know, a couple of them have got different managers. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I think we're as ready as anybody else, to be honest. Um, once you get in the Premier League, obviously it's a different, different animal, and you know it's. Um, uh, well, Charlie, Trent, who would, who would you say, Charlie? You're young. Me and Chris are old. Flo, you're getting there. No offence. Um, <laughs> who, who do you think could be a surprise package, or who's coming? Who should we fear, basically? Who should we fear? Oh, this season. <sighs> Um, I can't do it. I can't remember who's done. Fulham will come down. I would say, actually, of all all seasons, it is quite up for grabs because there's a lot of teams in chaos, which it always bodes well when we're not. And it's not us for once. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Um, And I think there's a few teams like us who flirt with the idea of going into the playoffs, but haven't quite mastered that. I think Blackburn Rovers are, are, are one of those teams last year that just were very streaky. You know, we'd win like eight games in a row and then lose six games in a row. Um, and they've got a really good squad um, that they could easily sell a couple of those players. Players like Bradley Dak, who are coming back off another ACL injury, but should come good. Millwall are continuing to push... Um, and try and get in the hunt for the playoffs. Swansea are a bit of a mess. Obviously, don't have a manager right now. Derby's still a mess. Birmingham's still a mess. So there's a lot of chaos in the championship this season. So I think if we can keep ourselves away from that, then we do have a really good chance. Um, I wouldn't say... I don't I don't know. I, I couldn't say who the favourite is to go I think, up this season. Well, I, I, I think, think West Brom... I, I couldn't on, make six teams who, who I say they're definitely better than us this season. Yeah. I, that, that whereas last season, you know, I, I think the three that went up, I'm glad we got rid of them because they were, they were. I thought last season was again a, quite an up for grab season. But those those three, even Brentford, I'm like, yeah, get rid of them. We don't have to play them this season. Um, but yeah, so Charlie, where do you think we're going to finish? I, th- you know what? I, I agree. I think I'll finish fourth. I agree with you, Chris. Yes. Yeah, I think fourth. Um, I think West Brom will West Brom will be there thereabouts. Yeah. They always are. I think Fulham. I, I do. I do rate Marco Silva. I think he'll do a half decent job. At Fulham. I think Bournemouth will probably be there and thereabouts as well. So I think 
I think those three could potentially do it. I know they're probably the three favourites, but um, there's always a surprise package in there as well that you never really... Um, and Barnsley, a team oh, about, that yeah, were really Barnsley, good last yeah. season. I, I thought they were going to get to the playoff final. Um, and yeah, I thought, um, you know, there were, there were a lot of teams that I think it could be interesting how they push on. Obviously, Barnsley lost their manager, though, so that's going to be... Quite um, a few of the players as well, Flo, I think, on yeah, the Yeah, so as it's well. going to be interesting how those teams kind of recover from... Yeah, recover like we would normally have to, but we're not in that position, which is the luxury. So, yeah, I think there was a really good opportunity. It's just I'm almost just don't want to let myself get carried away with oh, the actual yeah, idea yeah. of promotion. I, I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm not letting myself get carried away at all. Not a problem. I reckon 20 home wins, 15 away from home. Not a problem. Okay. You know, if we lose the odd game, I'll forgive them. Okay, well, here's just before he asks, and here's another easy question for you. Who's going to be our player of the season? Who do you think is going to be the player of the season? Paul, we'll start with you. I'm not playing, mate, so there's no point asking me. <laughs> no, I, I, from, listen, isn't that great that I can't even think? I think that Dickie could be amazing. I think Charlie also could carry on, but probably. I think there's something special going to happen with Chris Willock this season. I really do. I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of it's Johansson and Willock, and yeah, isn't that great? We've got options. Normally, it's like who's actually going to turn up and play and be any good. Um, and um, we got some nice favourites in the defence as well. Barbet last season was pretty damn good because he hit a shaky start. Yordi looks like he could just smash everyone and be brilliant. I'll tell you what I did enjoy Saturday. Sorry, I know he didn't ask me this. I don't care because it's anyway. <laughs> so I forget otherwise. You get to my age, you have to say. It. I loved when B. Walsh came on the keeper and then smashed the Man United player in his first attempt, first one-on-one. I love seeing that, you know, yeah. and, and that if that goes right through the squad, who knows? But yeah, but semi Diang, I mean, you can't, keepers always get forgotten about, but I'd like to see, yeah, it'd be a good competition, but I, I, I think Chrissy Willett would be very, very special this season. Yeah, I think that's a good show. And that, I'm just going back to that match, another thing we didn't mention, that goal-saving tackle from Dickie, that was immense. Well, I think it's quality. Yeah. The fact yeah. we've hung on to him is amazing. Okay, uh, Charlie, player of the season, who's it going to be? Um, Finney beat me to it. I think, I think Willock is this I mean, last season. Sorry, I think his progression has just been fantastic. I think every single game, I think it took him a while to settle down in the championship, and every single game we saw glimpses and glimpses, and he got better and better and better. I think another pre-season and this sort of squad and set up and I think he can really start to kick on this year. I think he can bring some more end product to his game. I think he can be a right handful. I think Ilias Che, I think he'll kick on again. I, I, I think he looked good on Saturday. Um, I think he'll be he'll be a threat. But I just I, there's just something about Willock like like Finney mentioned that I think this year gotta keep tabs on him. Yeah, he's class flow. I love the Willock shout. Um I'm gonna go for Rob Dickey. I think this could potentially be his last season with us because he's probably going to get picked up, isn't he? Mm, by agreed. by a big club because he is so good and people were already talking about him so much come the end of last season. Oh. So I think we're going to get one big season out of him. Um, and yeah, it's going to be special. Well, I can't go with either. Of the, I, I can't disagree with either of those, but I've got to I've got to pick a wild card. And um, so I'm going to go for Lyndon Dykes. Um, I thought he I, I thought he had a decent World Cup without scoring. Got into the right places, just couldn't finish it off. Um, I think Charlie Austin, um, if he stays fit as well, but I think he's learning all the time off Austin. He looked very impressive on Saturday. So, yeah, that's going to be my wild card. He's going to be our top scorer and propel us into the playoffs. Okay, right. I'll then. Uh, I'll leave it to Paul to go last, of course. Um, I can I can start off. I'd just like to shout out to um, Richard Fraser, brother of David, you know, that bloke who used to be on it. 
Um, I just, just want to shout out for his um, stoic efforts behind the scenes. Um, he, he sort of basically ensures the pod gets put up every week, uh, plus his work with the patrons on Twitter. He's like left the pod as well, but um, I had a 90-minute Zoom call with him the other day on, on how everything works, and, and that made me realise just exactly what he does. And I came off it, I, I wouldn't say none the wiser, but um, let's just say that Richard has kindly agreed to help us put the pod up and do all the bits this week. So shout out to Richard. Um, although he's officially left, he's still helping us out. So thanks very much. Um, I'll jump in quickly and say um, Saturday, I couldn't make it because I was working, but it seemed like a brilliant occasion. And I had so many friends that went down to QPR for the first time and absolutely loved it. And I'm sure we'll be coming back again later on this season. So it's just brilliant to have so many people there. And um, yeah, like getting new QPR fans, which I think is always brilliant when our community club can grow and, and bring new interested fans in. So yeah, great stuff. I'm very to be fair, similar on those lines. I just wanted to take take her hats off to the QPR fans there on Saturday. I think it was just unbelievable. I think sometimes that's just pin myself that that was actually a preseason friendly, not like the start of the season. I think it just had such a weird feel about it that um I've never like you know, you've been to preseason games before and we played even um like the Union Berlin game, that was, that was a decent atmosphere for a preseason game, and there must have been about four thousand fans there. Um, it, yeah, it was just it was just special. I think you know the United fans helped when they turned up, but the, it's just the vibe and the sort of um, the aura just around QPR at the moment is just um, it's just special. And let's just hope that this can keep on going and keep on going and pick up momentum because um, I think we all just desperately anticipating the seventh of August. It's going to be an exciting one. And we got some decent shirts as well. <laughs> yeah, for once. <laughs> oh, the last word, as always. Well, I'll wrap this up quickly. Um, it's sad that we've started the season without David. Uh, he will be missed. And um, I think he's done brilliant for the podcast all them years. And um, hopefully one day he'll come back. Um, the door is never locked on him or Chris or anyone that's been part of this podcast. But also it's open to everyone who listens to it. You know, if you want to come on, Drop us a line. It's about the fans. It's always about the fans, and it always should be about the fans. And you know, you don't have to agree with us to come on. You just do. You have to buy us a beer. Saturday will do. Um, you know, just come on, have a chat. But you know what? Um, Saturday, I, I to bring a podcast out. I did feel for people who have lost during this whole horrible thing in the last nearly two years, and that aren't coming back to Rangers. And you know, I just for their families and stuff. I feel very sad for those who have gone out without the partners, without the loved ones for the first time and going back home, it must be really difficult. So yeah, I, you know, I, f- I felt for them and hopefully as the season goes on, they'll find it a bit of comfort to carry on coming back to Rangers. And also first or second, thank you very much. And I'm sticking my neck out. <laughs> you are indeed Paul and, and lovely words those as well. All right. Thanks. Thanks everyone. It's been uh, as well as, um, uh, um, you know, going back to Rangers, it's been, it's been good to see, you guys again um and like i say it's a bit weird without david but um you know i'm, I'm sure we'll get through and it. also chris yes. i do believe and, and uh flo and charlie i have sorted somewhere out for us to have our little meetings again so when it's safe and everyone's okay we've got somewhere sorted so don't worry we can all meet up and have a proper face-to-face good old natter with guests and other fans and have a bit of a crack brilliant okay can't wait well thanks everybody and uh, welcome again charlie um thank you and thank you, Flo. I know you've got to get off now. Thank you, Paul. Um, you've been listening to Open All Ours. 